this is Jackie Shea. Welcome to Too Sick and Naked Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on, as well as highly informed about something new. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Targa Sahun. <laughs> did I say it right? Yes, you did. Very good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Targa oversees music video production at a record label here in Los Angeles. Hi, Targa. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So will you give us a little bit of your, um, your uh, history your um, health history health history yes or lack thereof mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean in short i've found that i've kind of had a compromised immune system from a very young age um i was born three months premature and since then have never really felt like i was at 100 percent um had a childhood of you know just catching every bug and every virus that came around and when I was about eight years old, I got glandular fever, which is known as mono here in the States, um, which then transitioned into a really severe bout of meningitis, um, which landed me in hospital for a while, and it was just a long road to recovery thereafter. When you were eight? Yes. How long were you in the hospital for? Um, I think it was a few weeks, but a good, you know sort of a good four-month period of being at home. Do you remember how you felt? Oh, the most. I remember it so vividly, even though, you know, 34 now. It was the most excruciating pain. And I remember, even at that point, the incredible frustration of multiple doctor's visits and nobody being able to tell me what was wrong with me. Um, And then, you know, of course, just immediately putting me on heavy dosage, uh, doses of antibiotics, um, which was not the right thing to do because obviously that doesn't treat a virus like meningitis. Um, yeah. And it was just, you know, to be fair, it was a very new illness that sort of swept over England at that time. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, it was, um, I think at that time, a few young children did die and they were just starting to know what it was. So, yeah, it was it was a really difficult time and very touch and go when I was in the hospital. So so do you do you remember your physical sensations? Yes. What what, were they? Just complete fatigue, um, inability, like all over physical pain, couldn't stand any bright lights, mm. couldn't swallow, could barely move. Every single joint on my body was swollen up like the size of a golf ball. Oh, you're so young. Such bad joint inflammation, yeah. And, uh, you know, had to have the old spinal tap, numerous MRIs, like the whole thing. It was just, it was really painful. Right. So you know this, you've been on this road for a long time. So what was the trajectory kind of after that? Did you have a period of wellness? And I mean, it is shocking to me that they never tested you like same as me. I was a sickly child. I was never in the hospital for that long, but I was sickly. (laughs) And um, my mom and I talk about it all the time. Like it's shocking that nobody ever thought to test 
what I now have been tested for with my immunoglobulins and like knowing that I have this immune deficiency that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, for same for me, I was just treated with antibiotics after antibiotics after Mm -hmm. antibiotics, which essentially left me weakened and in turn destroyed my gut, which I truly believe have consequently, you know, has consequently affected my health, health thereafter, you know, right. I think a lot of Good health stems from the gut and having the right balance there and everything working in order. Um, Right. And when you were on antibiotics as a kid, they weren't giving you probiotics, right? No. And, you know, from the time I was born, you know, since my premature birth, and then I was back in the hospital with pneumonia straight after, and it's just, it was antibiotics from literally the time I came out of my mom. (laughs) Oh my God. And for those who don't know, like antibiotics kill all of the bacteria in your body, including all of your gut flora. So including the good stuff, which there's a lot of, and you need to have a healthy, um, immune system and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, everything. Um, and in order to counteract that you are to take probiotics a couple of hours away from your antibiotic dosage, in high doses, like 50 billion CFUs every day. Um, and that was never told to me until I was, you know, 25 and diagnosed with Lyme disease. Yeah, no, me too. And, you know, actually as a daily practice now, I take a probiotic of that high dosage. Um, I mean, we'll get to my gut health. I don't want to jump ahead because that's been really, um, critical for me these past few years as well and getting right. a handle on that. Um, but they do have children probiotics, just any parents that are listening, there are probiotics suitable for young children. Yeah. Um, they're more readily available these days than they were then. But so you, so you had these bouts and you had pneumonia. How many times did you have pneumonia as a child? I think a couple. I had it as in, in my teens as well. Um, and again, really strong antibiotics were prescribed time and time again. How did you get through um, grade school and junior high school and high school? And um, I just remember always, you know, feeling a sense of fatigue and often having swollen tonsils. Tonsillitis would hit me, which I think is strep throat here. Um, you know, it what felt like every few months. Um, and I was really active as a child and I started to feel like I couldn't keep up with, you know, my dance classes, my intensive gymnastics training. And it was just all a little bit too much for my body to sort of cope with. But Um, you kept doing it. Yeah. And, you know, until it got too much. And, you know, to that point after the meningitis, I had severe joint pain, um, for many, many, many years. And, you know... Doctors just kept throwing around terminology like rheumatism or arthritis. And I think it was at the age of 18, my big sister, who's kind of been my, you know, pioneer for, you know, alternative medicine and exploring new treatments, she sent me to a homeopathic doctor in London, which was my first experience of anything that wasn't traditional medicine. And this homeopathic doctor cured me. She cured my joint pain, which I've been suffering from for 10 years chronically. Um, I'm sorry, wait, where, you were 18, where were you? In, in, in London. In London. Yep. Oh, wow. At University College. Um, Do you remember what the treatment was? It was, she put me on, she diagnosed my type, I was Tuja. 
and then she also I'm sorry put what me, what did ho- you just say <laughs> my <laughs> my homeopathic type she sort of asked me all these absurd questions um, I don't know this about homeopathic types oh, it's amazing they sort of analyze you by asking you the most bizarre questions like you're in a therapy session and all the while you're thinking how is this gonna you know help you assess but they they sort of build a sort of a picture of who you are and it it reverts back to you know childhood experiences to now and and they determine what your type is um and from that they know what would treat you you know most effectively um so I think she put me on Arnica, which is quite a common one. And there was another, which I forget, but I literally did a three-month course of homeopathic remedies and have never touched wood, have not suffered from joint pain since. Wow. Which like, blew my mind, especially as, you know, it was completely foreign to me. I'd never even heard of it. That's um, incredible. Yeah. So that was a huge win. Um, Do you remember the doctor's name? No, but you know what? She was this incredible woman on Harley Street, which is the most prestigious street in London for for doc, you know, for medical care. And she was well into her eighties and treated the Queen Mother was her like most um, notorious patient. Oh wow! Was She's, she really expensive? She was. I mean, not expensive. Just your typical, you know, it's like one hundred and fifty pounds for a session. But as a student. That was, you know, right. But that's amount. not actually that expensive no. to have cured you. <laughs> exactly, complete. It was priceless. Um, so from then on, that opened my mind to sort of alternative medicine um, and what it could do for you. Wow, that's so cool. I kind of love that story. Um, you, act- I actually don't hear that too much with homeopathy. Truth be told. So, oh really? Yeah. So I will say I have recently sort of dove a little deeper into it and alongside a lot of my other sort of self-care practices I'm finding that in my older age it's hugely beneficial for the emotional stuff especially Mm. um so I kind of lean on it for many different like emotional to to help my state of mind and certain things oh cool we'll have to talk more about that um I always like to talk about emotional well-being so after Mm -hmm. you're you were 18 and you're in college and you've made it through you kept very busy through all of your schooling Mm -hmm. too busy maybe um and you got a a career very quickly out of college yeah um, to New York. You moved to New York City, the yeah. most busy, chaotic, stressful place. I can say anything I want about it because I'm from there. Um, <laughs> the rat race. <laughs> the rat race of a place. And uh, and how did it affect you, actually, your health being in New York and having a big job? It was rough. And, you know, I managed to last, I think, four and a half years and realized that my body was sending me major warning signals. I had a couple of kind of big things happen. I was like, I think I need to get out of here. Like, can you give me examples? Yeah, yeah. Um, New York was kind of at the peak of my um, issues with my gut health. And I was just getting chronic inflammation in my gut and, you know, awful constipation and bloating and reacting to everything that I ate and just accepted it as normal um until I had a really bad sorry TMI but um 
you know, if I can speak candidly. No, we have we have <laughs> spoken about poop in every single Great. episode. I love speaking about <laughs> poop. I'm gonna not shut up about this subject. So. Great. I was basically constipated for an entire week, which was awful. My whole body shut down. My glands were up. I had like cystic acne. I had a raging high fever. Um, and I went to the doctor. Oh, this is when I completely lost faith in the medical system. They insisted that I was having, like, cysts on my ovaries and it must be ovarian. And they started, like, they gave me, um, oh, my God, what is my problem with my... An ultrasound? Uh, CAT scan. There we go. CAT scan. Well, first they, you know, aggressively, like, checked my ovaries. um, And then, you know, gave me a pap smear, the whole thing, ran some lab work. And then gave me the... And I kept telling them, no, I'm just constipated. I just need to poop. And then they gave me the liquid. I think it's magnesium that you have to drink for... Oh, that horrible... Horrible liquid before a CAT scan. Oh, it's God. Awful. I've had it once. And then they didn't end up doing the CAT scan. It was, like, oh, the worst thing ever. It's, like, uh, two liters you have to drink. And yeah. it's the dye then shows up in your system so they can see in the scan what's going on inside you because they were convinced it was cancer or something. It's very dramatic. And... It was, that's what triggered the poop. It just flushed through my system. I was on the toilet for a while and everything cleared. Oh, my God. So I went home before even having the CAT scan. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, and but I was just so frustrated because I was young and, you know, I didn't put my foot down. And, and then she ended up, oh, this really bothers me. She gave me, um, oh, she said I had some kind of cervical motion bullshit diagnosis thing and gave me a jab like an immunization thing without even explaining what it was and (gasps) oh no I just felt like they you know my issue with the American healthcare system is that they encourage you to take every drug and have every procedure because they ultimately make money um yeah yeah and that's really difficult and especially as somebody who's had to deal with it for years and years like Mm. I um it's really disheartening and uh, it doesn't, a doctor's office should be a place that's uplifting. I mean, you're mm-hmm. already so down and out if you're there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, that has not been my experience. And I, too, have felt very invaded. Uh, and uh, things have been done to me that have almost killed me. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have been counted as a human being, but as a paycheck. And there, And that is... You know, I have a lot of abandonment issues, not to sound like a super annoying person, but I have a lot of abandonment issues from my childhood. And when I started to feel abandoned by the medical community, I, that's a laugh. Let down. Oh, I was so let down, so, so disheartened, so discouraged by how I was being cared for. And they literally had my life in their hands and it didn't really seem to matter. Um, So... You know, that was that was upsetting, and I understand that. So did you, after that experience, did something else happen in New York that eventually got yeah, you out of there? Then I herniated a disc in my neck, which was very much stress-related, um, and that was it for me. Like, I had my neck in a brace for a few months and was bed-bound, and I thought, you know, I need to check in with myself and really slow down my pace and start taking better care of myself. So that, yeah, that inspired the move to L.A. And I 
thankfully have embraced the healthy kind of lifestyle here and you know my work is still very intensive um and often doesn't allow for as much time to kind of maintain my self-care routine but I'm putting way more emphasis and much more of a priority on it since since I moved over and since um and you had gotten very sick how long ago now yes so two just over two years ago I was diagnosed with mono again um and what do you think do you have do you feel like something triggered that or what do you think triggered that I'm a big believer in emotional stress um being a huge cause of a lot of my illness coupled with bad gut um you know what we talked about the gut flora um and I think I was just severely run down and my adrenals were completely wiped and I just didn't have I was running on empty fumes as they say right Um, for probably a while a while I'd say a few years oh wow um because I never felt 100% on top again and it was you know it was a stressful job it was surrounding myself with toxic people did you try to um act like you felt better a lot of the time and kind of perform because your job is so requires such a sort of like peppy pretty optimistic like you know in demand like here I am whatever not even so much the job demands it I think the city demands it right I'm like you know being out and social and saying yes to everything and you know that really starts to weigh down on you and you know we can talk more about my self-care routine but I think saying no has become the most valuable lesson I've learned. And that's in last week's episode too. We talk a lot about how you don't actually need an illness to say no. You don't need to not be feeling well to say no. You can just say no yeah. um, because it it's better for you to rest, yeah. you know? And I think a lot of people ignore the warning signs that their body is giving them. And I'm fortunate enough now to be way more in tune and I listen more closely. So... I know what my triggers are and when my body is just saying, okay, you need to slow down. You need to be resting. You need to be whatever it is. What are some of your triggers? As in what what pushes me over the edge? Yeah, like for me, you know, some of my triggers are not getting enough sleep at night. Um, uh, Yeah, being really stressed or traveling. Um, Travel, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, lack of meditation... Um, you know, emotional well-being is is a huge part of it. Um, and I've found that any kind of emotional stress manifests itself in, like, my liver, in my gallbladder, in my gut. Um, so I'm really just starting, just starting now, to be honest, to put a, a much more of an emphasis on yoga and meditation, yin yoga especially, which is really restorative and deals with a lot of... Um, emotional trauma that you might be holding on to and helps to release a lot of that and you'd be amazed like I haven't really had that much of a traumatic life like compared to most people but you would be amazed by how much your body's holding on to and 
you know, once you learn to let go of that, like sometimes I find myself crying in these yoga classes. I'm like, oh, where did that come from? You know, how, what's coming up? Oh my God. I know I can feel this stuff in my body. It gets mm. trapped, trapped yeah. there. I talk about it often because I, I couldn't believe how much emotional, spiritual and mental well being had to do with my physical well being. Exactly. Yeah. You've hit it on the head there. It's crazy. So the, so when you, really bottomed out here in Los Angeles. You got diagnosed with mono and you were, I mean, I kind of remember you were in bed for, uh, um, it was a good couple of months. Yeah. And to be honest, and, and, and then uh, sort of integrated slowly back into the, the real world again. What was that like being in bed those couple of months? I mean, it, it's the first time you were in bed a couple for a couple of months since childhood, right? Yeah. I felt a lot of anger. And resentment, you know, because you look around. I'm like, I look at my friends and some of them are pushing themselves beyond their limits and they aren't affected in this way. And I just started to really feel defeated by my illness and my lack of health. Um, yeah, it's incredibly lonely, incredibly defeated, and I sort of lost hope. Yeah, how did you manage for those couple of months? Did you get help from friends? Were you, did you, um, what did you do to kind of keep yeah. yourself on the planet? <laughs> I mean, I was lucky. I was, I flew my aunt out from the East Coast and she took care of me and cooked for me and did everything for, I think, the first couple of weeks. And then, yeah, it was really interesting to see which friends came to my aid and who was there for me. And, and that was a big wake up call in terms of just making sure... I think that was when I started cutting out the wrong people in my life. There were a lot of friends that were around me that were just sucking, taking my energy and not filling me up or nourishing me in any way. So, yeah, that was a good opportunity to sort of weed out those people and really lean on the ones that, that counted. Yeah, same here. I don't know. It'd be hard to find a single person who got that sick that didn't have that experience. Yeah. You know, um, definitely shows you who is not who your true friends are. That's not really the phrasing. It's like who has the the bandwidth, who has the capacity to actually show up for somebody in that way. Yeah. Um, it's no fault of theirs. It's just like some people have the capacity and others don't. Yeah. Um, so. And it's, you know it ties into that emotional and sort of mental well-being and how that affects your physical and I think if you're surrounding yourself by people that are draining you and aren't giving anything good to your life like I think first and foremost they have to go yeah it's one thing I've learned right we were ta I talked to another sorry there's like a lot of repeat because people have such similar experiences with illness and or at least the people I befriend and admire um but we talked about how, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that are giving you energy, not robbing you of energy. And mm -hmm. every time you leave a social, uh, a social outing, you want to feel energized, not depleted. Um, and I do really urge people to look at that, like look at the people you're surrounding yourself with and are they adding to your life or subtracting? Yeah. Cause that's, it's just not worth that's it. That's been a huge lesson for me and has really helped turn my health around this year for sure. So that's something that really came out of your last bout. And I know it was a really long road to recovery, Yeah. like a long road to recovery from, yeah. from that, um, so tell me about some of the changes you made out of that. Uh, of course, the friendships was one yeah. of them, but what else? I think this was, 
you know, hitting rock bottom finally led me to really explore alternative medicine um, because I was so frustrated with my traditional doctors and the lack of time and care they would put in, that they would give me. Um, so first and foremost, an extreme diet change, which I know is so off-putting to so many people and I feel so disheartened when my friends just refuse to recognise how valuable, you know, or how, uh, what's the word, how key your diet is for, for your health and well-being. Um, what does your diet change look like? What is... No what? wheat, no gluten, the, the obvious, um, because I was still suffering from chronic inflammation in my gut and a lot of pain there. Did and you eat meat? I did eat meat, yeah. So um, was it like fruit? I mean, my diet is like fruit, vegetables, meat. Exactly. That's, That's it. it. I cut out grains. This oh, was, I have grains. Okay. This was only for, you know, maybe six months. I was very, very strict and then slowly started. So it was no alcohol, no caffeine, um, no grains, no sugar except for fruits and uh, no wheat or gluten. Um, and just... That was a game changer for you, right? Game changer. And I'm, I resent myself for not doing it sooner. You know, and I was severe. I kind of self-diagnosed myself at that point as having leaky gut and knew that I had to repair my gut. So it's, you know, a lot of bone broth, um, collagen. Um, I relied heavily on the medical medium. I don't know if you know about him. I do. I love Anthony William medical yeah. medium. Um, it is extreme and it's either going to click for you or it's not. Yeah. But bear in mind, I wasn't, you know, I dipped in and out. When I, you know, I was really strict for those six months, but then, you know, with Anthony Williams, like I, I definitely followed some of the superfood advice and celery juice. Actually, if I can just give one disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about, you and I have talked about this, but the celery juice, freshly juiced celery, a tall glass every morning was a game changer for my immune system. Yeah, mine too. It did a lot for me. Mm. And if you go to episode one and listen to Jill Skiba, she talks about it too, how it actually, her nails started growing. And for me, it started to help me gain weight because I was not holding any of my weight. And, you know, I only took on a couple. It was that and it was the wild blueberries, um, a lot of cilantro. That was kind of it. Um and then one Anthony William is a huge believer in case you guys don't read him <laughs> is a huge believer in the 16 ounces of celery juice in the morning to heal your gut um, and pretty much everything else and uh, wild blueberries are one of his go-to superfoods um, he has a smoothie you can make wild blueberries with two bananas and some water every morning I love it I make it mm-hmm. add That's, some turmeric yeah you can yeah. add really whatever powder you want to add to yeah. it yeah, and, you know, I, I took it upon myself to consider my gut and healing my gut as the path to success and healing my health for the long term. Um, so it all started from there. And what about essential oils? So, uh, yeah, I was introduced to plant-based medicine, um, I essential oils, as most people know it as, uh, by a friend of mine who recommended an, a supplement um, to ingest in pill form called On Guard by doTERRA, um, which is an essential oil company. And On Guard is basically an, an immune system um, kind of 
enhance that. It, it really helps your immune system to the highest level. And it's, it's just a, a mix-up of wild orange, um, clove bud, cinnamon, eucalyptus, rosemary, um, which are all really powerful in um, affecting your... Um, I think they're antimicrobial, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. They're antimicrobial, and they have the ability to change the DNA um, kind of structure within your cell nucleus. Um, so that's what's really interesting about plant-based medicine. Essential oils can reset um, defective DNA code, which you know is the basis of chronic disease is a sort of a cell that's re- reproducing itself with this defective code, DNA code. The oils can permeate straight into the bloodstream and actually get into the cell membrane and change your DNA code. And how often do you have to use essential oils? Like if I were to use On Guard, let's say, yeah. um, uh, how often do I have to use it to actually change the structure? Well, actually, I think you can even pull up a video on YouTube. If you rub the oil on the soles of your feet, um, because that is the most porous part of your body, so it it permits it, it gets straight into the bloodstream within, I think they say, twenty seconds. Um, it affects your um, your blood and your you on a cellular level pretty much immediately. So I've actually been been doing this. So. I have quite a history with essential oils myself, and I was given essential oils to put in capsules and take um, by my naturopathic doctor that was Lyme literate, my first doctor. And I started to have this issue recently that I was sharing with you that I was ingesting the oils and getting these like crazy burn marks on my face. And I was ingesting, you know, oregano, cinnamon, clove, like really hot, hardcore. And it went on for months to the point where it was like, as an actor, auditioning is difficult when you have like burn marks on your face. (laughs) Um, And then it was suggested to me by you to get some roller bottles and yes. fractionated coconut oil dilute them with fractionated coconut oil will and, you explain that oh, process sorry. no yeah. yeah i mean all oils can be diluted should be diluted um you can take smaller dosages in capsule form and ingest them um but you can also dilute them and put them on the soles of your feet um that's another way and have you been reacting since you No. but can you tell us how you dilute them like exactly what the process is yeah um again there's a lot of literature online but it depends on the oil but typically you know if you get a little rollable fill it halfway with fractionated coconut oil and it should be fractionated because that doesn't set so it remains a liquid um and then sort of i'd recommend 10 to 15 drops of the oil that you want to use and the great thing is you know about essential oils and not just good for fighting bacteria and viruses um because of their very complex structure, they can really affect your mood, you know, your emotional and your mental well-being as well. And a lot of these oils overlap and share the same properties. Um, so it can be used for, for multiple ailments. Um, so for me, you know, I sometimes still have trouble sleeping. If I'm, you know, oddly, if I have a bout of chronic fatigue, like it's really hard for me to fall asleep I'm super wired and like jittery and I diffuse a 
lot of oils in my room, um, different ones like lavender or there's like a serenity blend. Um, or if I'm going through a fatigue phase, I'll sniff on peppermint, which will pet me up. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different uses. Basil, basil, which I know you've been using, is great for adrenal fatigue. That's been helping me. Um, the, a, a lot of them are, are great for the autoimmune and the inflammation in your system. Um, I do want to add a disclaimer. Sorry. I know you want to jump in. You need to be sure, though, that the oils that you're using, and there are a couple of really great companies out there which are of this quality, but they need to be of the highest um, therapeutic grade if you're going to ingest them. So don't just get, you know, any from the shelf at Whole Foods or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and something some simple things are like always make sure that it's in a dark amber or cobalt blue mm-hmm. bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get the roller bottles, right, if you make your own mixes, you want them to be cobalt blue or amber yeah. um, to keep the essential oils fresh, Yeah, protected to, from light. Yeah, or Protected from light so that the, the properties, you know, remain intact. Right. So I love rolling them on my feet, and I have not been continuing to ingest because I just found it wasn't mm-hmm. working for me. But I, I did for a while um, put frankincense under my tongue through mm-hmm. a doctor suggested I take frankincense, which is the most expensive essential oil. Yeah. <laughs> they call it the king of oils. Oh, I, do I they? use it a lot. It's, it's been remarkable. Well, how do you use it? Do you just put it in your roller bottle or do you... I put it, I dilute it. I put it in my, I make my own like face creams with like jojoba and argan oil and shea butter. And I put frankincense and lavender and melaleuca which is tea tree um and i so i use it on my skin it's great for blemishes oh yeah you said that it cleared up your my uh, a lot of my acne scars yeah so tell it so so tell the listeners what you do exactly oh another thing i've been suffering with which i'm sure stems from my gut because everything's inside out Mm. is bad cystic acne over the years um so I got rid of all of my skincare regime, all my glycolics, my peels, my, you know, chemically derived facial products, all my masks, and I've stripped it back, and literally all I do is I use melaleuca, which is tea tree oil, mixed with um, fractionated coconut oil. I use my rollerball, I apply it to my face, and I just steam it off with a hot, hot cloth, day and night, and that's how I wash my face. What? Um, I didn't do anything. Less is more, like no scrubbing anymore, no chemicals. And then I have um, a face cream, which is, like I said, shea butter, argan oil, um, jojoba oil. And I mix in frankincense, melaleuca, lavender. Um, doTERRA have a product called Immortel that's great for anti-aging and fine lines. And it's just like... My pores have shrunk. My my whole skin com- complexion's improved, and my acne is finally under control. Yeah, and I just want to say that Targa's skin looks amazing right now. <laughs> it really does. It's to- it really does. I mean, it's been like I'm not actually wearing any makeup now, but it's been 
a struggle. I haven't been able to like not apply heavy foundation for for many years. So yeah, you look great, Thanks. and that's really cool. And it and it's you found something that clear that really worked for you. Somebody turned you on to on guard, yeah. and it and we've talked about this with essential oils because my experience has actually been that I love like I carry around a peppermint bottle and I smell it a lot mm-hmm. because I love the smell of peppermint. I actually use them for emotional well being more than anything. Yeah, and I diffuse you can buy an essential oil diffuser online super cheap and they're they are they're super cheap and they're amazing and I love smelling the oils and I I actually really loved ingesting them too and so my experience has been that I want the oils to work in my life Mm -hmm. and that my body hasn't loved them Mm -hmm. a bunch which which has been a bummer for me so I think it's really you Funny talk what works for you. Yeah, you talk about yeah. essential oils the way I talk about things that don't work. That I the way I talk about acupuncture maybe, and yeah. acupuncture has been hard on you. Yeah, my body really is so sensitive to it. Um, I've had some great results, but I think Chinese medicine is a little. It's a little too aggressive for me. I think it really affects me in a way that I'm starting to feel almost, you know worse at times um, see it it's bringing so out more. yeah so Where, interesting yeah and and you know I still practice you know acupuncture I, I mean I use it for my health um but again there's such great overlap between all of these alternative medicines and therapies that I'm just it's just trial and error and I really enjoyed having like I, I didn't until I moved to Los Angeles I didn't realize how much was available to us and I feel really lucky that I can, you know, use essential oils for some things, use acupuncture, use meditation, use yoga. And, you know, I have like a healer, kinesiologist that I see. And, every, you know, I, I like to say, I think of it as like the kings or the emperors in the old days. They had a number of different people in their court and they all served a different function. And... I love that. Yeah, and I believe that's what your health is. Like, you know, your acupuncturist should serve this part of you, your therapist, your crystal healer, whatever your thing might be. I think you need a number of different people in your court to to keep you well. Yeah, that's so that's so great and it's so true for me and I don't and I and I love that you don't think that essential oils would heal anyone that it's kind of like and I don't think I don't have that opinion about anything I do I'm not like that'll work you know it's the holistic approach yeah it is and it's maybe western medicine works for you maybe I mean maybe doing yoga every day works for you I don't know Mm -hmm. I mean I tried it all and I do believe in it it is a myriad like it's it's a number of different things you have to treat yourself holistically totally it's never going to be just one thing mind body spirit um, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, mental well-being, physical well-being, sexual well-being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all all of it. So what are some of the ways that you, I mean, you just mentioned a bunch of the practitioners you see and using the essential oils and meditation yeah. and yoga. And I also just want to say that obviously living in Los Angeles, a lot of these things are readily available to us, uh, painfully so. Like we we can eat whatever we want. We can find any kind of food we want to find. We can drink any kind of green juice we want to drink, any kind Mm -hmm. of freaking matcha latte we want to drink. Like it's all here. Um, 
we can go to any kind of yoga, any kind of meditation, any see any kind of energy healer or medical practitioner or and it's not like that everywhere. So thankfully, there are online communities and you can do mm-hmm. yoga with Adrian on YouTube or you can do meditation yeah. practices from YouTube or, yeah. I, mean, I, do, I do a lot of it at home, I'll be honest. Um, all of my, like, stress relief stuff, my meditation is by, like, free guided apps. Um, you know, I, I do my own mini yoga practices on my mat at home and I journal, which has been huge. And... The diet changes, everyone can have access to that. And, you know, you've just got to be disciplined. And I never had the discipline until I really hit that rock bottom. Um, But I do want to urge people, like, it's just... Think of it as baby steps. And it's introducing little by little... You know, I didn't do it all at once. um, But slowly but surely, I kind of started branching out and have expanded my sort of wellness routine and my self-care practice and it's like finally starting to pay off like I feel healthier than I've ever felt do you yeah at 34 (laughs) oh my god so tell me about that about feeling healthier than you've ever felt um it's it seems like such a but you feel healthier than you've ever felt without the desire to let go of all the self-care Right, 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 exactly. And, you know, sometimes it's oh, it's frustrating to have to stay in a couple of nights a week or to force myself to get to that 7 a.m. yoga class. But I know that the benefits are going to be so huge that it's become more natural and more naturally sort of integrated part of my day-to-day now. Um, and, you know, actually it was, a, it was a good wake-up call for me. Not a wake-up call, but I... I realized how far I'd come when I recently, I just got back from Sydney last week and that's such a brutal trip. And every time I've been out there to visit my friends, within like two days of being there, tonsillitis flare up, my glands are up, my tonsils are covered in pus, like I'm sick, I'm bed bound for half of the time I'm there visiting my friends. And this time, I was so strict with myself. I'd had a really busy work week, traveled to the Ukraine and London, back to LA and on to Australia, all within seven days. Oh my God. 43 hours on a plane. Like I was thinking to myself, right, I'm definitely going to get sick. But I really paced myself, made sure I wasn't going out leading up to the trip. I was sleeping as much as I could. I had a massage as soon as I got to the Ukraine. I was applying my on guard to the soles of my feet every three hours and ingesting it in my water and you know putting in like my lemon essential oils into my water everything to sort of help detoxify and reduce the inflammation in my system and then I got to Sydney and I was fine I had a really successful trip no sign of illness wow that's amazing when your friends turn around and say whoa you've like changed like this is amazing we've never seen you this healthy like you you feel good like you've you've made the right choices that's such a triumph yeah, and I want to I want to ask sorry a couple of really quick questions, practical questions about essential oils. When you put them on the soles of your feet, and mm-hmm. this is for me and for anyone who's listening, can you um, 
just like go about your day after you put them on or do you have oh, to yeah, let yeah. it dry a little bit? Uh, just wait like 30 seconds. 30 seconds and then you yeah. put your socks on. I'm or, like that go. weirdo on the plane. They're really great for me on the plane. I just like I'm constantly rollerballing. Right. Rollerballing under my eyes for those wrinkles right. and the putting on my frankincense to prevent dehydration of my skin. It's amazing. <laughs> and then when you uh, dilute them in water and drink them, mm-hmm. if you're doing on guard, say, because that's a very mm-hmm. strong one, do you do like one or two drops? Two drops. Two yeah. drops yeah. to how much water? I'm like a tall glass is usually 16 good. ounces. Well, there's a great one that I take. Um, I don't know what it's called with other companies, but with doTERRA, it's digestion. And it's like fennel and peppermint, a, a lot of the good ones to aid digestion. And when I travel or if I've like eaten something funky, it always just helps balance out my gut. And I'll take that as a shot. So I'll just have a shot of water and put in a couple of drops. So it's a little stronger and just chug it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, that's so, that's so, so, so useful. Thank you so much for being here. We're running out of time, but I love ending on the note that you are healthier than you've ever been and all the things that you've done to get there. It's incredible. 34 years later, I feel like it's well, it's taken a while. And I just, you know, I want people to know that they should persevere and stay patient and baby steps, baby steps totally baby don't be steps. hard on yourself always be kind oh then with that i will say goodbye and you can find targa on social media or if you want to write to her directly if you have any questions about essential oils or um anything else she talked about you can uh write to her email at targa.sahoon at gmail.com i will link it to it below and you can also just find her on facebook and direct message her there um thank you targa Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, everybody tune in next week. See you then. Bye.